Hi, neighbors. Welcome to another episode of the Praise and Broship Podcast, where two best friends who are also deconstructed Christians deconstruct praise and worship music as well as other forms of Christian and secular media. As former praise and worship musicians and students of theology, we'll do our best to bring unique, insightful, and hopefully lighthearted conversations to you every week. My name is CJ. I'm in Louisiana, and I'm joined by my best friend Luke over in Florida. Luke, how's your walk? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, Sorry for such a delay since our last episode. Um, Man, just sickness keeps going around and just felt like crap last Monday. Um, But other than that, I'm good. I I took a little bit of a break from the gym because my shoulder was giving me problems. And so Mm. I've been back this week. And second session this week, my shoulder's giving me problems again. So I'm kind of concerned about that because I don't want to stop working out. I'm enjoying it. And it's, I don't, but I also don't want to hurt myself and force myself to stop. So be figuring that out. Um, little, uh, I, what I thought was a funny story. And I think this will pretty much be it for me. We were driving back from the beach and we were going through this one, uh, like side road that just, man, like every block there was like two like sewage entrances, you know, manholes. And I was like, man, there's a lot of manholes on this street. And then I paused and woman holes. And Brittany <laughs> just looked at me and said, don't say that. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I'm good, man. Nothing really to report on. Awesome. What about you? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, you know, about normal these days, just work and uh, spending time with the family. Uh, everything's good on that front. Uh, it is October. We're not going to be doing a spooky episode this week, but starting next week, I promise we will. We just, because the recording times got off, we didn't plan ahead because we don't record, we don't bank episodes. Um, you know, we want to try to stay as in the moment and fresh as we can. And so we just kind of got, uh, sidetracked and, and forgot that this was the first uh, uh, Wednesday recording yeah. release in October. So, But we'll jump on it next week and still have uh, at least three weeks of spooky episodes. Yeah. But on to piggyback off of that, every year, I don't know if I talked about this last year when we were uh, recording and stuff, but every year in October, I watch a horror movie a day. And so, you know, we're the third day of the month right now as we're recording. And I've watched two movies so far. I saw The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which was really good. I was uh, surprised by it. It didn't go the way I thought it would, but I liked it. It was very uh, tense, a breezy, like 75 minute movie, which I love those kinds of horror movies because it, you know, you you can't get too comfortable because the tension yeah. is just ratcheted up because it's so fast moving. And then uh, Tracy and I, which Tracy hates horror movies, but she said she really wanted to watch Hereditary. And so we watched Hereditary and uh, a classic horror movie. One of, one of the best uh, horror movies in the last uh, 10 years. Uh, really the the standard, I think, for horror now nowadays. I don't think I've seen that one. It's uh, it's Ari Aster. It's uh, fantastic. He also did Midsommar, and uh, his most recent one was Bo is Afraid with Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, but yeah, good movies so far. It's only been two. I'm sure I'll have something to talk about with not so good ones uh, next week. But otherwise, everything's good, man. Cool. 
right, CJ. Well, it is your week for the Christian mm. song. Mm. So what did you bring for us? Well, we have been doing the bad boys of Christian music uh, before our deep dive into Me Without You, which I thoroughly enjoyed, by the way. But I want to take a break from the bad boys. I'm not done with them yet. I still have plenty. But I wanted to kind of get back to the basics. I wanted to get back to the heart of what this podcast is about. And so we're going to do a song called The Heart of Worship by (laughs) Matt Redman. Okay. Well, we're going to listen to The Heart of Worship by Matt Redman. We'll meet you back here in just a few. Welcome back, neighbors. Hopefully, you just listened to The Heart of Worship by Matt Redman. Luke, what did you think? Man, I didn't like it, but it does say something about Matt Redman that he... I was instantly brought back to high school. (laughs) Yeah. And like... In like a real, uh, what's the word? Not visceral, but in a real like um, corporeal. I don't know. Like I really felt like I was back in high school. And the music itself, the the, the way he, he sang it, like I just, I don't know. I, I still felt the emotion that I, that I would feel back in high school. And that was a weird sensation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because... The lyrics to me are kind of trash. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, it just sounds like a bunch of fluff and buzzwords to elicit that emotion. So it was effective, even mm. in my, I've been de- deconstructed for probably 10 years at least. And it was still tugging at my heart. And um, so, yeah, I- I'll give him that. He's, he's a really great worship leader. He's probably one of the best. And this song was probably, Top five, maybe top three of the songs we most did in my youth group. Yeah. It was always a closer, of course. Sure. And then often it would be done again at the end of the service. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, Well, before we get into our (laughs) our notes, (laughs) I got to ask you, what's the word? Oh, man. It's deceptive as always with these uh, because it was a five minute, 18, 18 second song, but... It's a lot of repetition. Um, gonna go with my gut and say fifty-eight. Ooh, a little low, a little low. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, seventy-eight. Oh, yeah. wow, mm. that was significant. Yeah, enough. I was thinking it was probably around sixty, sixty-five. You know, I like to see. I was what, afraid of. I was afraid of overshooting it. That's why I went a little lower. Yeah, as I'm like copying and pasting songs, you know, to get the word count. I'll be like, okay, I won't look at it, you know, when I press calculate or whatever. And uh, just to see if I can get around about. So, yeah, 78. You, you need the practice. So, <laughs> that's, you know what? No cap. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Matt Redman, he's, he's an interesting guy. And I, in some of the research that I did, I watched... Uh, a few YouTube videos of some interviews that he did over the years. And it's, he's a fascinating guy really. Um, so Matt Redman was born in 1974. So he will be 50 years old 
wow. uh, in February next year. I always, because I was introduced to him whenever I was a teenager, I just uh, continued to see him as like a 20-something. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. He, <laughs> he just stays the same age. And I, I always forget that he has an, has an accent. Is he Australian or? He's, um, he's from England. Uh, he's, oh, he's a he UK sounds like guy. he's got more of an Aussie or maybe even like New Zealand he, or South Africa. He does kind of have a have a, a thicker kind of um, just like I don't know. I don't. It's yeah, but he he does kind of have a little twang there. Yeah, he rolls his vowels. I don't know how he does that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's look. This guy's been a praise and worship leader uh, for thirty years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's been doing it for as long as we've been Christians. Uh, in fact, probably a little bit longer, obviously. And, you know, he grew up in the Anglican church uh, and started uh, leading worship in like the early 90s, 93, I think. So he was like 19, 20 years old. And he did a, he led worship for this, this thing called Soul Survivor. And I'd never, I'd never heard about it. I started looking into it. It's, it's described as a global Christian movement. It's more of a charismatic evangelical kind of thing, which is pretty far removed from the Anglican church that he grew up in. But yeah, so he, he led worship with them for, I think about a decade uh, for Soul Survivor in different areas. I think in his hometown was where he predominantly uh, did it, did the soul survivor thing. And, um, you know, when he finished with that, he went on to do some church planting. He planted a church, uh, a couple different churches, I think in England. And then in 2008, he actually moved to Atlanta, Georgia here in the States. And he helped plant a church with, uh, Louis Giglio and, uh, Chris Tomlin. And they, they helped um, plant a church, and then he what, moved back to the UK. Sorry, what kind of seeds do you put in the ground to, for a church to grow? <laughs> uh, mustard seeds. I was about to say, it's probably mustard Golly, seeds. Golly, I'm so glad I came up with that. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so, so an interesting yeah. background, really seems like a, a cool guy uh, in the interviews, just a Seems like a genuinely nice fellow, you know. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. have any other way to describe it. Just seems like a, like a nice guy, like an exemplary, an exemplary Christian. Would I you say? Love or? You. Oh. Oh. I love you. Let's neighbors. He's not. He's not talking to me. <laughs> That's my son telling me good night. Night, buddy. I love you. We'll keep that in. It'll humanize me. Okay, you got to let go of my hand. <laughs> night, night. Um, yeah, it, it, um, he he does really seem, I mean, for lack of a better term, to have a heart for worship, right? He, he really believes in what he's doing. And he asks, like, when, when he's being interviewed, he is very candid about... Uh, asking questions like, why am I doing this? Why am I a worship leader? Yeah. And, um, good. you know, he, he goes into the background for the heart of worship and, uh, how, you know, how the song kind of came about. And uh, he, he was leading worship at an Anglican church at the time when the pastor 
um, asked him to like strip, you know, strip back all the bells and whistles and focus on the act of worship. And, you know, I guess maybe they just had like this big band and it was a rock show, you know, like so many worship services are today. And uh, or even back then, you know, 30 years ago or 25 years ago. And, um, you know, Matt talked about how this song was a, a very personal reflection for him to ask those those really honest questions. Who am I doing this for? Am I doing, you know, I have to question my motives. Am I doing this for for God? Am I doing this for myself? Am I doing this for the fame? You know, what, you know, what are my motives? And this song was kind of a way to, to take a step back and recenter himself and, and figure out what his true motives were, you know, what, what his actual aim was. And, you know, man, I, I believe the guy, like I believe Mm -hmm. him Uh, because in the reason he mentioned how with it being such a personal song, you know, he never thought that it would become a, as big as it is, right? And and I believe that because this is this song is honestly like the opposite of what you'd hear at a worship service today, uh, where everything is big and it's it's layered and it's bombastic. And this song is just very, you know, the instrumentation is very limited. Uh, there's the harmony that's in there, which we can talk about in a sec is tastefully done. You know, it's not, it's very much a studio recording. I think some, you know, some artists like to make it sound like it's a live performance almost. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no buildup. There's no dropout structure, right? It doesn't build up, then drop out, then build back up. There's none of that, right? Yeah. I was expecting that. I even told you that when we were listening to it, I was waiting, I, I, you know, you finished the song early because it just repeated, but I kind of kept listening because I was like, oh, is he going to do a build up? But no, he kept it simple. And, and like not, you, you know, not you in know, a bad way. Right. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's just the right amount of vulnerability in the song. You know, this is very much an invitational song, right? Like you said, it's kind of the closer right before the, the, the sermon or the message. And then likely, <laughs> the get the acoustic guitar player gets or the pianist gets back up there and and you know strums the chords while the pastor is leading people to to pray or you know whatever and they might play it again for the, for the invitation uh period but yeah i i admire him for that because you know during during a time in the late 90s and and moving all the way up to today when you know praise and worship music is just it's meant to kind of shake you to your core with mm. the dynamic. And this song is quietly uh, and, you know, introspectively dynamic. It's, it doesn't have to be musically dynamic and then lyrically, you know, it leads a lot to be desired. Uh, we're not, you know, but we can, we can get into some of the, uh, the negatives. I just wanted to, to mention that, like when he said that backstory, my, and he said, Oh, I didn't know it was going to be a big deal. You know, my first thought was like, whatever, dude. And then when I started (laughs) thinking about it, I was like, you know what? I believe him, uh, you know, because it is so, it's so different from 
what you kind of have come to expect from basically rock shows at present at, yeah. at a church nowadays. Yeah. Like I, I want, I want to like the guy. I want to like the song. Um, and I, I can't really speak much about him personally, but you know, the song is peaceful. It is meditative. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't, it just feels like a lot of fluff. Like he's singing a oh, song. Sure. He's singing a song about doing more than singing a song. <laughs> So it's like, what are you, what, what is this then? Like, why don't you yeah. go do the thing that you, that you're saying you're going to do instead of singing the song? Yeah. That's, um, that's, so that's the interesting thing about the thing that I find so fascinating about we're leading worship, which listen, uh, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, somehow, I was a worship leader. Like me too, I, me too. I'm speaking. Yeah, I, Luke it was a worship. We were speaking from experience here. the The aspect of like questioning your motives is so fascinating to me because while I love the honesty and I like the aspect of being vulnerable and and being willing to ask those questions because they're important. Most people, in my opinion, probably wouldn't. Um, but what's your motive? to get back to the heart of worship, but it's like, yeah, but you're singing this song like to entertain, like to, to bring people into the heart of worship. So really you're doing it for them, but it's about God. Like the, it's, it's, it's a very complex, um, it, it, it's a very complex thing to, to try to maneuver as a Christian who's trying to do things for other people to help people enter into like that communion with the divine, but then also stay in the moment and be like, you know, everybody's singing along with me, but, but, but it's for God. It's not for me. Uh, it's not cause I chose a really good song and have a good arrangement and have a good voice. Nope. That's not it. You know, it's, it's a lot of push and pull. Hmm. Yeah, and that's admirable. Uh, can I tell you a quick anecdote? Absolutely. Uh, so Don't when I got baby. the job, when I got the job as the worship leader at this tiny church, I mean thirty people probably was were regulars, and you know at max fifty. Um, and it, I got asked by Jim Elder, who yeah. uh, who was the pastor at a church, and he worked. I forget what he did at LC, but. Yeah, I can't remember. But he saw me preach at Monday Night Worship or something, uh, and we had talked a few times, and he offered me a job as the worship leader at his church. And I didn't get back to him for a while because it was right before uh, our Christmas break. And I didn't, and this is before like texting was a big, like just commonplace. You know, Mm -hmm. I had a limited number of texts that (laughs) I could send uh, each month. Just to age us a little bit. (laughs) I, um, when I, when I got back to, when school started back up again and I saw him, I said, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't get back to you sooner. I just want, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't doing it for me and it (laughs) total bullshit. I was just lazy (laughs) and got, you know, my ADD brain just forgot. Luke not texting people back. Hmm. That's, that's an interesting thing. I personally think that most people are just over texters. Do you still have a limited amount of texts on your cell phone? <laughs> if I could do that plan, I'd probably save some money. Um, although my work group chat, I have 15 unread messages from like the last 30 minutes. Um, 
Yeah, group texts suck. Don't do it. Yeah, unless especially it's like when, with especially two people. Anytime that someone says something, everyone else in the group likes it or has a reaction to it too. Like, ugh. And it notifies you. Yeah, that's yeah. And I often just silent silence that group chat. Oh for, yeah. Till the next day. Um. But anyway, that was just an aside. I I just lied <laughs> to get a worship leader job. <laughs> So I'm I'm guessing the spirit did lead you to take that position. Yes. No, um, and I d- I did want to do it, and um I I did want to grow as a Christian by doing it, and I wanted to help other people, you know, connect with the music side of of worshiping God. You know, I did I did want to do it for the right reasons, but I just to to alleviate a little bit of the embarrassment of you know forgetting about it for a few weeks you know i i fibbed yeah, yeah that's okay you're not the first <laughs> you certainly yeah. won't be the last um but yeah like all of the positive things you know all of that being said about i feel like he's genuine with where he's was coming from with the song and you can hear it i think in the production of yeah. the song but it's it's understated. It's not overdone. Like yeah, it's th- it was well done, well executed. There's, there's just not much depth, right? You you talked a little yeah. bit about it. It's it's fluff. Getting back to the basics of what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing. It's all well and good, but for it being such a personal song, there's not a lot of meat here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it reminds me of Jer- the Jeremy Camp song. I still believe which we did way back when I think Brittany was, was uh, a guest yeah. on that episode, <clears throat> right? Super personal circumstances, right? His wife died and they had only been married for like a year. And, you know, this is a veritable turning point in your musical journey, in your spiritual journey, but it's like so general and it's so vague. And the same thing is happening here where, you're asking these big questions. What are my motives? You know, why am I doing this? And it just, there's just not a lot there. I I get like making it general so that people can connect Mm -hmm. with it. But again, it's like, if you never thought that this song was going to be what it turned into and how big it got, like you got to go for broke. You got to make me believe that you are really struggling and, and, and wrestling and grappling, as Dr. Mm-hmm. Heath would say, with, with all of these questions and with all of these things that are going through your head. And it's just not there. It, it, there's, there's no depth. There's no, like, hit you in the face, like, this is a real struggle for me. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, you know, yeah, like... Speaking of, I don't know if this was an intentional artistic choice or just writing what sounded good, but the song literally starts with when the music fades. That's the first line of the song. <laughs> so this, and, and then he talks, like I said, about doing something more than bringing a song to God. It's like, okay, we'll do that. Why are you writing this song? Like it, it's so, so contradictory to itself, you know? So yeah, it, it's just not great songwriting. And I know he can write better than this. So I'm not, I'm not really sure why this song became so popular other than just the fact that the music sounds good and all the buzzwords were put in the right place, you know? So, ugh, yeah. It's a checklist, baby. Yeah. Um, and, oh, go ahead. Well, no, I, I was just going to 
you know, you're talking about the phrasing and and stuff. There, there's no, there's no defined rhyme scheme in this song. Huh, um, I didn't even realize I, I, that. And which, which, it's a it, there's a positive and a negative aspect to it because not rhyming is fine. I mm-hmm. love not rhyming in some of my songs, but it's not super easy to do, and and then but still sound cohesive and and Matt Redman the positive side of that is that he does a good job because you don't really think about it there are mm. a couple of there are a couple of rhymes in the song especially and and I think whether this was intentional or not it it's almost like it tricks your brain because the first two lines rhyme when the music fades and all is stripped away right rhyme and then he doesn't rhyme again until the second verse and where he says, though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Those are, those are the only two. There might be a third rhyme somewhere in here. That's interesting because he starts each verse with a rhyme. So you don't realize that the rest of it doesn't. Yeah. That, that's the thing. And, and again, I don't know if that was intentional, but I just now kind of realized that like the, those first two lines, a rhyme and then to pull it off and to not sound clunky is you know it's well done it's just kind of weird and and really kind of lends itself more to me you know still believing that he didn't write this to be uh you know a a corporate worship song because mm-hmm. there is no there's there's really no rhyme scheme and if some there's something christians like it's being able to to hear a song one time or not even the whole song yet and be able to know it uh, yeah. which the melody and everything here is simple and there there's nothing revolutionary going on it's it's pretty and all that but um yeah i just i thought it was interesting that the there's really no no rhyme scheme here yeah i kind of want to talk a little bit about some of the lyrics because Again, I just don't know, like, you know, when you're in the Christian world, you may not know what he means, but you can kind of feel what it, maybe what it means to you. I don't really know, but, um, yeah, like, uh, for a song in itself is not what you have required. I, yeah, I get it. Uh, although there's a lot of singing and dancing in the Bible. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. Um, yeah, again, but like, it's just so surface level, even though he's talking about looking into my heart. Um, what is the heart of worship? Like do you, in any of the interviews, did you see, does he have a definition for that? Or like, like this is the only place that I've ever heard this term is in this song. I mean, I don't, I don't remember it being anywhere in the Bible. No, it's not in the Bible. Um, yeah. Imagine that a praise and worship song that doesn't have something in the Bible. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I the only definition is the definition from the song. Like, I can't really give you anything more than that. It's all about you, right? It's all about Jesus. Is it? That, that's uh, that's uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's more like if uh, like I want to get to the heart of the problem, or you know, like something like that, where you're, you're just getting to the the focus the essence of worship i mean i I guess i can get it it's just i don't know it it's fine like i mean i can't i don't want to say anything bad about it because it's not it's not necessarily bad it's just eh, it's it's wanting for for some depth i feel like 
Yeah. Yeah, there there's like I said, it's it's just it's kind of shallow. It's surf like you said, surface level. And Oh, there's another there's another rhyme. Sorry. Go ahead. Where? Uh King of Endless Worth, no one could express how much you deserve. Kind of a half rhyme. Worth yeah, and deserve. Maybe. Yeah, that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a similar vowel sound, but the words are very different. Um what were you were you gonna say something? Um, I don't know. I was looking through the lyrics. Uh, not that I don't, don't, <laughs> it was funny yeah. whenever I, I was like, Hey, I'm, I'll play this or I will do this song, uh, for this week. And I, I picked my guitar up and just knew how to play it. Just, uh, <laughs> I don't, uh, it, which is funny. Um, actually I, to be fair, I started playing it from a, um, a memorization aspect of like, I know the chord shapes and I kind of was singing along with, with my guitar playing and realized like, I don't think that's the right key. Oh no, it's a capo on the first fret, you know, uh-uh. uh, it's uh it's E flat or D sharp instead of just a D chord shape. But anyway, um, super, super easy song to play, but again, pretty it's the, yeah. the chord progression is, is really nice. Um, but yeah, look, I want to, I want to be able to look at a praise and worship song. We, and we talked about this, I think on the uh, deep dive a little bit with being able to apply the song in some way. And I think that the way that you can apply this song as a, as a non-Christian or as a deconstructed Christian, uh, an atheist or whatever, Jew, whatever you, you're, you know, you consider yourself the way that I can see that. Cause see, looking, looking at this song 20 plus years later, like I wanted to hate it. Mm-hmm. I, I went into it being like, man, here we go. And while I don't love it, uh, for its, you know, technicality or the songwriting style there, there's an important lesson that we can take from it. Revival is important. Renewal is needed. Questioning is welcome. Mm-hmm. Even outside of the Christian context, we we all need moments when we can strip everything away and just get back to brass tacks, get back to the basics, whether it's in your art, whether it's in your relationships, romantic or otherwise, your mental your physical, your spiritual well-being, like all of those things, it's so important to simplify those things and to get back to, you know, the heart of what makes those things so meaningful and so important to you. You know, I from from a from a personal standpoint, I have wanted so badly over the last uh 2 or 3 months to write some new music. I have just been dying to write new music, but nothing is really coming. Nothing's really come to the surface. And, and I don't force the issue. Like if, if, if I, if nothing's really coming, I'm not going to sit there and, and keep trying because it's, it's a waste of time. Um, in in my opinion, I would disagree. For me, it's a waste of time. I'm too ADHD uh, to to do that. But like, I can walk away 
or I can pull up an old song, song that I haven't played in 10 years and fall in love with a song that I thought I was going to scrap, either never see the light of day again, or I was going to cut it up so much and, and perform uh, surgery on it to the point where it was unrecognizable. And then to revisit that and to realize like it was there the whole time, you know, Mm -hmm. that this is actually not bad, you know, there needs some polish and some work or whatever, but, but that renewal aspect, the, the aspect of like, it's, it's there already. And if it's not there, you know, keep trying however you want, whatever that looks like for you. But yeah, just from an application standpoint, I think that that reinvigoration and, and revival, not in a, not in a Christian revival type of way, being evangel- ex evangelicals, um, but just in a, in a way of kind of stirring you to, to want to revisit those things. <clears throat> yeah. And I get that. And to actually, to, piggyback off of what you just said about, you know, polishing and, and reworking an, an older song. That's why I disagree with you that it's a waste of time because, um, <clears throat> so I've mentioned him before and I know he's kind of a controversial figure, but Dan Harmon, and I think I sent you a clip of this, uh, like a year ago or so, uh, when he talks about writing and when he, you know, he, people always ask him for writing advice. His number one piece of advice is, you know, most people will say that they're they're they get writer's block, but what what that really means is that they're afraid they're going to write something bad. And he says, "Prove, don't try to prove that you're a good writer. Prove that you're a bad writer, because at least you will have written something, and then you can work with that. Then you can you can polish it, you can rework it, you have something you know that you can work on, versus having nothing." So. And he goes into a lot of nuances with that, but that's basically it. It's just make something bad so that you can make it better. And that, that advice has helped me a lot with pottery too. And, and, in, and the woodworking where, you know, I don't necessarily feel particularly inspired, but when I'm in a, a working season with pottery, I'll just make crap for a day or two until you know, that's when the inspiration strikes. It doesn't strike whenever I'm, you know, you know, trying to find inspiration to go make something. The inspiration comes by the making, even if what I'm making isn't good. So something to think about, you know, I'm not going to try to change your method, but I would say, you know, try it. Oh, you probably already have tried it. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, for me, for me, creating something new is, um, See, there, there's a difference in certain certain types of art. Like whenever I was taking pottery in college, I was, you know, making a cup or something, a bowl, whatever it was. And I remember my, uh, my instructor, Bob, uh, he was like, stop messing with it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's fine. You have to, you have to get to the point where you can just say, this is, this is it. And, you know, and then the next time it'll be a little bit easier, a little bit better, you know? Um, and with music, it's like, it's, it's always taking that, 
that same composition and trying to pull something more out of it and trying to make it that that much better and not always sometimes i just write a banger you know and <laughs> i don't have to do anything but that's pretty rare where you know you're you're constantly refining versus like if you're painting or if you're you're working with something tactile like like ceramics you're you're going to stop at a certain point with something because eventually the wall's too thin or you trim it too much or whatever the case oh, is. Yeah. God, that's so frustrating. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm PTSD with Luke over here. But, but like, you're still doing the same thing, though, because mm -hmm. the next time you do it, you're remembering the thing you did wrong or not even wrong. I mean, it is wrong, but it's that's part of the process. That's yeah. part of... The learning process you're every time you're getting a little bit better and for me it's like if i'm trying to make something a totally new song if i sit down with no you know uh, chord structure in mind or lyrical content if if it doesn't come pretty quickly at least something i can springboard off of write down uh you know record a little scratch track so that i have it for later you know it's a little bit more difficult but i definitely see what you're saying yeah because you could just write out what you're feeling and then once you've written that out even if it has no structure whatsoever you can start to piece the structure together and then once you have a basic structure then you might be able to start hearing the melody and then you can rework the lyrics again to fit the melody you know what i mean like it, it's definitely something that's doable uh, i wouldn't count it out you know because like at least for me waiting for inspiration Never going to happen because typically what happens is I'll see something and I was like, oh, I want to try a variation of that. And then when I sit down at the wheel, I'll try it and then I try to overwork it and it falls apart. Where mm. if I had stopped a step or two before, it would have been something different, but it would have been mine and it would have would not have been what I expected to make. But it would be its own thing. It's almost like, you know, me and the clay are working together and the clay knows whenever it's finished. And I have to yeah. accept I have to accept that. Ooh, man, I didn't think we were going to go here. <laughs> hey, hey, just a little like insider information for the listeners. Like what we've talked about this in the past. Um, let's write a praise and worship song live on the podcast, like okay. little by little. And we'll just, uh, you know, come up with a praise and worship song maybe over a few weeks. And uh, Now, are we going to do like a cliche, you know, fluff song or we're gonna try to do like a legit good Ooh. christian song like something that is that is sincere that can apply to people you know in and out of the church or a deconstructed thing but that also still respects the tradition i mean we could do why both? does it have to be either or yeah we get uh we could do Which both we but, first <laughs> <laughs> i don't know we'll talk more about it later but yeah we we definitely should try something like that because you know, on the for for it to be a spoof, like you know, it's. I don't not... want to be too disrespectful, but oh come on, I kind of I kind of do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we wouldn't be. It would just be like obviously cliche, and we we wouldn't be like saying like blasphemous stuff more more so than we already say on the podcast. But um, but yeah, that's all I have, man. Um. You know, you'll be happy to know that Matt Redman does not have any scandals. Scandals. <laughs> uh, he he was. 
I don't want to bring it down at the end of my segment, but he, so he was part of this soul survivor thing and actually soul survivor, the founder of, uh, and longtime leader of soul survivor, survivor, his name was Michael Pilavachi or something like that. He, um, faced allegations of inappropriate relationships with young adult men, Ugh. uh, through, through soul survivor. And, um, after all the um, allegations came out and then there were investigations that came out, uh, Matt Redman made a statement that he was one of this guy's uh, victims of oh. sexual and spiritual abuse. So, wow. um, you know, and, and that's something that we don't talk about when you know we we talk we we joke and make light of like oh does this christian uh artist have a scandal or even a secular artist that we're talking about but like for this it's like we don't talk enough about spiritual abuse and i don't really have a definition of it you know off the top of my head but maybe that's something that we can we can dive into. I mean, you, we, you saw it a little bit with the uh, Hillsong mm-hmm. documentary, obviously taking advantage of people from a volunteer standpoint. You know, may, you're doing God's work and you're, you know, making these people stand on their feet for 16 hour days and not yeah. paying them and because they're doing it for the Lord. And, um, but, but I think it goes deeper than that. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's just something that, Again, one of those things for Matt Redman, you know, it's like, man, you know, he's he's still involved in the church. He's still a worship leader and uh, kudos to him for being able to find peace and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully all the other victims are are getting the help they need and, and are, are able to recover from stuff that I don't want to go into because there's a yeah. whole Wikipedia page on it and I just was very icky and depressed uh after reading that so uh fuck that guy yeah and uh let's uh let's move on uh i have uh one more thing to okay. mention because i want to say it as often as it comes up in case you know in the off chance that someone hasn't listened to all of our episodes uh i he, he mentions uh king of endless worth and the word king here at least, sorry, the word king in the Bible has a different context than we have now, especially with in referring to, to Jesus. The early Christians uh, stole that term. They, they <laughs> culturally appropriated this term. Uh, they, they took this word back, so to speak, uh, calling Jesus king of kings and lord of lords because that's how Caesar, all the, the Caesars refer to themselves. And they were, they were subverting it was subversive propaganda to say that we don't believe in your kingdom, Caesar. We believe in this new kingdom of, mm-hmm. of peace and love and taking care of each other. So I, I just, man, whenever I learned that, that blew my mind. And I just, I, I want people to hear that when, when we talk about Jesus as a king and a Lord, it is not from a position of power it is a from a position of servitude it is a new kingdom yeah absolutely yeah i just oh man it pumps me up to think about (laughs) Uh, it's really really good stuff man like 
Don't think the, about, you yeah. know, having power over other people. Think about serving other people. That is the new kingdom. And that is how we're, we would get to uh, a peaceful world. So I love it. That was my final thought. Hey, have you heard of this new Disney Plus series coming out called Pauline? No. It has um, Christian's panties in a wad. <laughs> oh. um, let, me, let me read the synopsis for you. Uh, 18-year-old Pauline accidentally becomes pregnant from a one-night stand with Lucas, who, as it turns out, is the devil himself. The pregnancy hmm. gives Pauline supernatural powers and an epic battle between good and evil ensues. Oh. Um, I just thought <laughs> I saw someone. It was my aunt, one of my aunts. I have a very big family. So she's one of like 11 or 10 aunts that I have. But anyway, um, she, she posted or, you know, reposted something from someone about it and don't let your kids watch this. How dare Disney plus put this on. And, uh, <laughs> it was, it was interesting to me because a young girl, hmm, at least this one's an adult gets impregnated by a mythical creature. Hmm. Sounds familiar. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, oh, oh, because it's the, de like Christian outrage is so fun because Christians will be like, oh, you don't like the Bible? Then don't read it. But Ooh. also Christians are like, we can't have children's books about the gays in public libraries. Like, yeah. wait, what? What? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's because they're hypocrites. You, you can't, uh, well, what if my child sees that? then don't let them see it, huh? Like, yeah. be a parent. I don't know. You don't want your kids to read it? Don't read it. I'm not letting my kid read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would if he asked if he could read it. That'd be fine. I'd well, be okay you'd give with him that. context and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, it made me think about how the devil is to Christianity as... Voldemort is to Harry Potter. Yeah. Like everybody's scared to talk about it. And it's like, it's super weird. And, and I get that it's, it's primarily because it's on Disney, uh, that, that people are up in arms, but you know, go fuck yourself. The Avengers, it, the, the Marvel movies are on Disney star Wars. Like wh where are you drawing the line? But like Christians are so scared of the devil. I know, but they have the power and of Christ within them. Yeah, how, how does the devil have any power? They sing about that. The being stuff. that created everything that is and and holds it in his hand. And, and is on your side and you're afraid of I don't, somebody that I, he kicked out of heaven, which is not actually in the Bible. Um, not in the Bible. Uh, it's just it's just funny to me. I just wanted to bring that up as kind yeah. of a midpoint of the episode because it's just like... Oh man, I, I love I love outrage culture in general. I think it's really funny because it's so so much of it is hypocritical. Mm -hmm. I think there's plenty to be and outraged about. Mo but mob mentality, also. Yeah, it's it's just these these vocal minorities that um, just you know shout from the rooftops and uh, they make their presence seem like there's more of them than there are. There are dozens of us, you know. <laughs> um, 
Arrested uh, Development. Fun fact, uh, my hmm. name, my name Luke and Lucifer are, my, my name is a direct descendant of the name Lucifer. Dude, I, I got to go, man. See you later. Uh, no, it, go, it goes, like, there's probably more steps in between, but it's Lucifer, Lucius, Lucas, Luke. Yeah, yeah. So, interesting. Morning star. It's Luke's turn to bring a secular song. Luke, what did you bring for us this week? I got a fun one. Mm. But before we get to that, okay, uh, we'll probably we'll have to do this after October because I again I forgot I had this idea before I realized it was October this month. So in November, actually, it would kind of work in November, and you'll you might be able to connect those dots. Um, I have a challenge for the both of us. Okay. Uh, so it, this is for the secular song segment only. Maybe we could do it for, uh, the Christian songs if we can find songs that fit this. Okay. So I would like us to try to branch out into other countries music. Hmm. So okay. I had the idea of having two hats with a bunch of, with, you know, a country and a genre Country in one hat, a genre in another hat. And we pull from those hats. I'll pull for you. You pull for me like every Saturday night. Uh, and <laughs> I'll pull a, a a country and a genre. And then you have to listen to that for a while and Spotify and find a song that you connect with. Whether you look up the lyrics or not, or whether just the music speaks to you. Uh, and then you look into the lyrics, uh, and then we talk about it. But I like that. Instead of the hats, I figured out that chat GPT, you could just ask it for the name of a country and ask it for a genre of music, and then oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Do you want to do that now? Yeah. Let's uh, do it. Wait, no, we're not. We're going to be doing spooky songs or like. Do you wanna... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll wait. Okay, yeah. That. Well, just just remember that. I, I think this is going to be fun. <laughs> Because okay. uh, Brittany has been listening to a lot of uh, European pop and rock and other stuff, so uh, and she she inspired this idea and she she approves. She has uh, I have her permissal, as she would say, uh, <laughs> and so yeah, I think that'll be fun and it'll take us branch out. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So, so my my first song for the international one it's it's going to be Nickelback. Uh, they're Canadian. Oh, no. Uh, I mean, that might come up. Like I said, it's going to be a random drawing, but it'll be a series that we can do. And the way it ties in no- into November is, you know, colonialist came to America, <laughs> I guess, is the connection. <laughs> uh, so that leads. I am going to do a foreign song. And forgive me, because this is I'm not going to be able to pronounce this correctly. Uh, it is an Italian artist. This song, and I'm going to love hearing you try to pronounce this back for the listeners. Okay. The song is by Adriano Celentano, and the song title is Prison, Prison Colin in Prison Colin in Sin on Quisol. Prison Colin in Sin on Quisol. I think I got it. 
<laughs> Listeners, don't worry about typing it in. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> okay. So uh, we're going to listen to that song. Here we go. <laughs> Ready and Adriano Celentano yep. with the song <laughs> Prison Colin Insanaiquisal. <laughs> pretty good for your first time i, I felt drunk I, at the end of that <laughs> all right <laughs> i think i missed a couple syllables we're gonna listen no, you did, to that you, you did it good we're gonna listen to it the link is in the show notes we'll meet y'all back here in just a few welcome back neighbors we just listened to adriano calentano <laughs> celentano Prison Colin Ensign Ein Quisal. Nailed it. Uh, so, CJ, before I ask you what you think about it, I want to give you a little fact about this song. <laughs> this song was written to an Italian population who was obsessed with American music, and he wrote it to sound like an like um, English in an American accent, but it's all gibberish. <laughs> None of it means anything. Yeah. It, so what do you it think? Took, <laughs> it, it, it took me a second to figure that out. Like after like the second verse, I was like, I don't think he's saying anything. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, I I thought it was a lot of fun. It's groovy because, as hell, right? It's so good. <laughs> and and because of that, because of that, you know. It it just really goes to show you how much music mm -hmm. can can affect you. It does, lyrics don't mean anything uh, a, a majority of the time. I mean, obviously they mean something, and there are great songs out there that are very meaningful to a lot of people, myself included. But it's like, man, if it's fucking groovy, yeah, and it's got and it's got it. You know, it's got the X factor. It's that's. Um, that's really all you need is something to to move to, you know. Uh, yeah, this song uh, came out in 1972, and yeah, he he was just interested in you know the uh, Italian culture, being obsessed with American pop and rock music, and he just wanted to write a song that sounded like it was English and do it in an English, you know, an American accent. But it's nonsense, you know, but it's uh, it's really fun. And we watched the music video and not not on Spotify. It is on Spotify. Uh, we'll probably put links to both of those in the show notes. But man, it's just like just the, the mind fuck, you know, where <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it sounds, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen that video of the couple eating dinner together where they're just they're you know the the title of the video is like what english sounds like to non-english speakers you know and it sounds like they're using syllables and vocal tonalities that americans use but it's nonsense i don't know have you seen that video before i don't think so it's trippy man and that's what this song reminds me of and uh yeah it's just you know it was written for italians but you know, for any Americans who hear it, it's like, yeah, that kind of sounds like he's mashing up a bunch of English words that don't mean anything. And so, like, it, it, it sounds like English a lot of the time, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. I don't have a ton to say about this song. I just thought it was really fun, and I wanted to introduce the uh, multicultural music aspect of it. It's, um, yeah, man. Like it's just trippy. It just it, it's weird to to listen yeah. to, but <laughs> I love I love that. So, and you could you could catch like some words that were yeah. like you know English words. Yeah, like but- he would say like all right sometimes. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I heard I I can't even remember what I heard. I heard the word, heard heard the word girls at one point. I think yes, I I did hear that. That was yeah. one of them. And I can't remember what else. I was looking over the lyrics, which is kind of a mind fuck to see because yeah, uh, it doesn't yeah. look like it looks like almost Italian or Spanish, but then it looks almost there's like some words that look like German in there. <laughs> it's, uh-huh. it's so weird. Yeah, and uh. like it would. I, I'm not gonna do this. But it would be interesting to see the, all the different videos and see if if they actually match up. Because imagine having to memorize oh gibber- my God, gibberish. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. For that long of a song. <laughs> like, it's crazy. There, man, how crazy would it have been if I did? There's a Reliant K song called Gibberish, and he just talks in gibberish the whole song. Hmm. It's really, it's a it's a fun song. That would have been fun to to counter that with but anyway like yeah the having to memorize all that is oof, wow yeah and, and, you know oh, go ahead well no i was just gonna say like i didn't <laughs> i didn't realize that italians were such big bob dylan fans because <laughs> that's kind of the vibe i got from it was like Interesting. a like a Bob Dylan kind of sound Be- because i said it when we were listening to the song off mic um as soon as the harmonica solo came in, I mm. said, yeah, I was waiting for that. And you were like, oh, okay. And that's why, because it just kind of screams Dylan to me. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know The why. harmonica fits totally, but it's just, oh, I, yeah. I didn't mm. expect it the first time that I heard this song. Yeah, uh, it's just the, the vocal inflection, I, I'm guessing, is... Like the cadence of Probably, the because Bob Dylan has a very unique uh vocal delivery and inflection it was probably easy to emulate someone like that i'm not saying it doesn't sound exactly like bob dylan it doesn't quite have enough kind of of the but uh, but it still is there like kind of a talky kind of uh singing rhythm yeah it's funny because you know it seems like a lot of americans think that this is like a, a silly humorous song but that wasn't his intention he genuinely was fascinated by american culture as a lot of other italians were at the time and probably still are i mean american music is worldwide whereas um you know other countries haven't really reached america in the same way that they reach every other country but america uh so that's kind of why i wanted to do the the experiment the project the series that we'll do in November, because uh, yeah, it's just it's just interesting. He he was wanting to basically open the conversation about communication barriers rather than just be silly and fun. So it was almost more of a serious song, but it's just so groovy and fun that you know it does that didn't really come across, I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, so you want to you want to get into the lyrics and break them down? <laughs> <laughs> well. I did want to mention it's it's pretty interesting uh me being a big horror movie fan what you see is uh, a parallel here with cuz cuz I wasn't really aware of the music aspect and maybe you're not aware of the movie aspect but 
Italian Italian films um, up until like into the seventies and eighties, like especially in I only have exposure to like Italian horror movies. I I don't know if I've ever seen a an Italian film that wasn't a horror movie, but uh, like Dario Gento and and people like that, where the movies were shot without sound. So there's no, Mm -hmm. there's no sound input coming, coming to you. Um, And so everything was overdubbed in English after the fact. And uh, so like all, a lot of the spaghetti Westerns and like the Jalos and stuff were, um, were like made with Italian actors who maybe knew some, English. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the overdubbing matches up, but most of the time it doesn't. And uh, so it didn't matter what language they spoke in because there was no sound anyway. And and it was just all overdubbed uh, in post. So yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting parallel there with that, that fascination of like joining the cultures together in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I wanted to share it. I know I've been doing this a lot with the secular song lately where I don't have much to say, just wanting to share something fun or cool or what I find interesting, but yeah, man. Well, and uh, but honestly, I think with the secular songs, like that needs to be more of a focus. I mean, obviously if it's a song like you were, you do sometimes with like the overrated songs, we're going to talk more about it and talk about why it's overrated and break down the lyrics and trash on it a little bit. But Ultimately, it's like it's a it's a that contrast with getting really deep into the the Christian or the praise and worship songs, and and being able to just kind of you know here's something that I want you to listen to, want you to yeah. hear, and want not just not just me personally or you personally, but also the listeners. Like, hey, now you've heard this song and it's so it's fun it's such a cool idea something i'd never heard of before which i always appreciate hearing new music yeah. um so yeah i'm i'm all about it man so uh to to finish off this segment i did do a test run of the the chat gpt uh country and genre and the the first country that it gave me was mongolia oh and the genre that it gave me was jazz. Oh, no. And there is a Mongolian jazz singer. Awesome. And That's I listened to a little bit of it. And it, and it is, it's jazz, but it's in whatever language they speak in Mongolia. <laughs> I don't want to just assume Mongolian because that's not always the case. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I would imagine they probably speak some Mandarin or Cantonese. It's also I really close remember. to Russia, though. I've seen yeah, documentaries yeah, that's where that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I just like I think that this has some potential to be some some fun conversations. <laughs> oh man, that'll be great. Because I was awesome. not expecting anything to come up for Mongolian jazz, and there is a Mongolian jazz artist. <laughs> well, if I get uh, Norwegian death metal, I've got that covered because there are a lot <laughs> yeah. of Norwegian death metal bands out there. <laughs> Uh, I don't have anything else that I can remember about this song that I wanted to say. <laughs> Me either. I loved it. I, yeah. I, that's a, that's a what, ton of fun. For the listeners, watch the video. Like, listen to the song if you're in your car or whatever, but uh, watch the video. It's so cool. Man, these people look so cool. They're just grooving and dancing around in a mirrored, mirror-walled room. 
it's it's really cool. They look like they're having a lot of fun. For sure. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we mentioned the, you know, the song links being in the show notes, but also you can find uh, links to all our socials in the show notes, as well as the email. Uh, if you want to send us an email, let us know how we're doing. Maybe make a request for a song for us to yeah. do or, you know, any kind of any ideas questions. you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. here for you. And um, until next week, uh, we will talk to y'all then and um, be good to each other mm. and uh, be good to yourself. And always remember to love your neighbor as yourself. And bukalaka doom dong. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.